Good morning and welcome to the Freelance Mum podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Freelance Mum. We run child-friendly networking events for mums in business. If you haven't checked us out yet, please do come and try us for free for 30 days. Just check us out on freelancemum.co.uk. We've got networks in your local areas and your hubs, as well as a brilliant online community in our Facebook group, The Mothership. But we're here this morning um, to talk about the menopause. We've got two amazing guests. I'm joined today by Gail Gibson and Ruby Maguire uh, to talk about the menopause but first of all before we get chatting um, I think it's really important to just highlight the fact that all of us are in completely different parts of the world Gail Gibson you're in Malaysia Mm -hmm. Ruby you're in Scotland somehow despite all of this you've managed to co-write a book together Um, can we start by just explaining um, how that collaboration process worked okay okay so uh, Ruby and I have known each other. We met through networking um, over 10 years ago now, and we became very good friends right from the start. So we are both mindset coaches for women, uh, working with women in small business and also in the corporate world. And we have been networking and helping each other in business all of that time. So we created what we like to call our buzz chats. Now, these are regular check-ins where we speak to each other and we ask each other what our challenges are what are some of the best things that have been happening in our businesses and in effect we co-coach each other and it was on one of these chats about the middle to late last year that we were talking about um, when we were going to next meet and we just could not agree on a time or date and we were having a total brain fog moment and I said to Ruby well I think we should write about this. And she said, well, I think we should write about it before we forget what we're talking about. And so the book was born and we then went on to write the book at both ends of the world and um, we published our book in July this year. And your book is called The Working Woman's Guide to the Menopause. Um, And in fact, yesterday was World Menopause Day, wasn't it? It's great that there is so much more awareness now when it comes to the menopause and uh, and there's a more open conversation it doesn't feel like quite such a taboo subject but it is still something I think that as women as working women we feel a bit like oh gosh um what what's around the corner what's about to happen to me next how can we prepare for the menopause around our already incredibly busy freelance mum lives I think the first thing to do is um Talk to other people, your friends who are around the same age, about what's going on for you. I think because we we keep it to ourselves and it might be that you've got really forgetful and you start to panic thinking you're having dementia. So a lot of my friends have said to me, um, you know, I'm going mad. It's like, you're probably not. <laughs> it's probably just this is what's going to happen because of what you're going through. But talk to friends, have people around you and learn as much as you can about it. I don't know about either of you, but for me, you know, I used to know my mum had hot sweats, but that was as much as we talked about menopause was nothing. Hadn't really given it any thought. You know, even going back to my HR days, if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have um, done a lot more around menopause to help people as well. But, you know, with hindsight, best thing in the world. And, And I think if you can just take each day at a time as well and not think, oh my goodness, it's got to mean that I'm going to be you know, I'm going to have all of these hot flushes or I'm going to have insomnia or I'm going to have anxiety, all of that kind of thing. 
reframe your mindset as, you know, I'll take it each day as it comes. I will learn what I can about it. I'll get the support that I need and I will manage my mindset around it so that I can bring back some control into my life as my body changes. And it doesn't have to be a completely terrifying thing, like you say there, Ruby. Um, you, you know, you've described a lot of symptoms, which don't sound like a great deal of fun. If I'm absolutely honest, I'd rather swap them for an aspirin, um, if possible. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I'm sure that are there ways that you've managed to turn these experiences into a positive, actually, and draw strengths from it? I'm sure between the two of you, you must have done. Yeah, I think it is because we've based the book on the whole idea of mindset, because it is the focus of the work that we do. We've taken the approach and the, the tools and the tips and the strategies that we've included in the book are those that Ruby and I both use on a daily basis. So we've taken, I guess, if you like to say, we are acting responsibly to say we can control certain parts of how we think and feel and behave. The menopause is going to have its different levels of symptoms that are going to perhaps impact us. And behind the scenes, and it is not something we touch on in the book, but there's the whole medical side of things and then they talk about nutrition and they talk about all of those other things. But in our way of managing our mindset through this journey of menopause is, is about managing mindset, managing your own time and, and managing your thoughts. You know, as Ruby said about bringing back some of the control for ourselves is actually looking at the whole big picture of what menopause represents, and that is that it's a phase of life that we will go through. Some people have a short phase, others have a longer phase. Some people have different levels. Many of us have different levels of symptoms that do happen. But I think if we can take an approach and keep a positive frame of mind, that can really help to support and even, as we both know, reduce some of the impact of the symptoms that do happen. So we are really strong advocates for the fact that it is mind over menopause in a lot of instances. Um, but it's a muscle that needs to be powered up. And there's certain techniques that you can learn to actually make that mindset be your saving grace and really help you navigate a smoother path through the menopause changes that come into your life. I love that turn of phrase you've just used there, Gail, mind over menopause. That's such a, a positive or mindset over menopause, positive way of looking at it. And I can see that the two of you must be a real force to be reckoned with. Um, you're both master coaches and practice in mindfulness. Can you talk me through what some of those tips mean then on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, so I think, um, when you read a lot of things out online around menopause, often there's this thing where it's, I blame this and I blame that, and this is a miserable time and yada, yada, yada. And, and to us, yes, there's so many symptoms that you can go through. I've had most of them, actually. <laughs> I think Gail's been a bit luckier than me, so I've had most of them. But I'm a bit of a Pollyanna anyway. And I think when you can um, think, okay, this is happening. I am having a hot flush right now. And that, that's one of the most common ones. I'm having a hot flush right now. And I can get really irritated about that. And what we know is that can, well, for me particularly, that can ramp up the hot flush even more because I've got more frustration being added into the pot. Um, when you can just say, you know what, I'm just going to allow this hot flush to go through my body. Isn't it interesting that it's going from the top of my head and, and I can literally follow the path of the hot flush through and out? Isn't that interesting? And I think there's other things where, 
you know, for I, I like to do a morning practice. So I get up quite early, so I'll do a morning routine so that I can have a calm mind to start my day. So no matter what symptoms come up throughout the day, I can feel that I've started off the day right. Um, I think another thing is, um, you know, just being kind to yourself throughout the day. I talk a lot around boundaries because I think there's a big part of, you know, we want to say yes to everything, but our body's saying, do you know what, today I feel like a superwoman. Tomorrow I'm absolutely exhausted. <laughs> so we've got to be kind to ourselves as we allow our body to go through these changes. And I think instead of blaming and being negative and, and just focusing on, oh, this is awful, all that's doing is just feeding into that story around how you feel. Whereas if you can think, right, okay, do you know what? I'm actually feeling awful today. What can I do as a nice self-care exercise? Can I go out for a walk in nature? Can I do something to take my mind off how I actually feel? Um, if you're working, how can I make my day a bit easier? What could I relax on? Does it all really have to be done today? Could I outsource it? Could I just um, take a step back and even completely do nothing for the day if I have to? Would that be a possibility? And perhaps you can plan in some things around your business that allow you that freedom and flexibility as much as possible. So that's that's kind of the way that I deal with it. Um, Gail, I'm not sure if you've got some other things you want to add in. Yeah, my, my morning routine um, is there in place as well, but it's a bit more rigorous in terms of physical exercise because I'm a huge fitness buff. Um, mine involves walking more than 5,000 steps every day. So I have been doing that all through the COVID times and, and before that as well. And I think for me, that really helps me to um, probably level out any of those um, sweats or any of the any of those body kind of symptoms that may come through from menopause and I've really noticed a huge a dramatic fall in a lot of them um, over the time over the past six months actually so um, hydration and also setting intention you know in that silence in that time when I'm walking and now I have the, the beauty of walking on the beach every day living on a tropical island um, it's just that it's about calming yourself down as well, like Ruby said. And sometimes, you know, one of the most powerful things that any one of us can do is just simply to breathe. Mm. You know, take a moment to just breathe in and hold it for four. Uh, sorry, breathe in for four, hold it for two, release that again for four counts. And if you repeat that three or four times, you know, we all think that we've got too much going on. And we never have enough time to just stop and breathe. We do actually have time to breathe because we're doing it unconsciously all of the time. But when we actually focus it for a moment, and, and that can really have a huge impact on how you're feeling about anything in life, let alone going through menopause or anything else. But just being kind to yourself, as Ruby said, and I'm a big advocate of that as well, self-care and mindset go hand in hand. And just say to yourself, you know, I'm going through something that is my experience, it's my journey, I deserve to be kind to myself. And when I'm kind to myself, I can help myself get through this a lot better. My routine is quite rigorous. Ruby does her routine and hers has a lot of journaling and other parts in it as well. So you need to find what really works for you to calm yourself down or energise yourself accordingly to prepare yourself for the day ahead. Um, and a morning routine is just one of those instances that we highly recommend and both of us are advocates for and use every day. That sounds great. It's almost like, hang on, I'm going to own this. 
the menopause mm. isn't going to own me mm. i am going to own it um yes. and that's that's quite an interesting one isn't it let's turn it around because i think mm. there's an element of feeling like you're out of control and um you know this is something that you actually can't take control of in the same way and as busy working women with busy lives we're used to we're in control of our destiny but actually mm. suddenly this curveball comes along and we've got no control over it but actually if you make it yours set up your day with your intentions it's a much kinder way isn't it mm. um, in terms of then managing your workload ruby you touched on this um in you know there are days where you just have to say right okay this this is just not sensible to keep cracking mm-hmm. on let's let's take today off or this morning off or an hour whatever it is would you then say ruby that you've are overall as a whole taking on less allowing an extra day in, a, in the week that you might so you can factor around some extra hours of potential slack time or whatever it is that you want downtime whatever it is you want to call it do you do you make a conscious effort to take on less so that you can account for that or are I you still do. Going- and <laughs> I do and I do have a tendency to overcommit. So this year has just been crazy. I've written nearly four books, I think. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, so I think what I what I find works for me is every morning I will set an intention. I'll say, right, what are the three most important tasks? It's come from Stephen Covey, I think, originally, who wrote the book Seven Habits for Highly Successful People. I think I've said that right. Mm-hmm. Um And I'll have those three particular tasks. I never work Fridays or weekends. That's my gift to me. The Friday especially is my gift to me because, um, you know, nobody else is in the house. So I get time for myself and I'll do my crafting and those kind of things. In the week, what I try to do is block out my diary so I can only have a maximum number of people in any one day. And... Um, I I think what would be useful, and I haven't done this yet, but I've been talking to a few women around this, um, would be to actually notice if there's times in the month that actually change Mm. based on what you're doing. So what I do at the moment is I have a Monday and a Wednesday at the moment, my quieter days where I don't have clients booked in. And then my Tuesdays and Thursdays are days for clients. So just doing it that way at the moment is working for me. It's a new strategy that I've just started probably a few weeks ago. And I'm finding that's great because I'm not going from a weekend straight into full-on client work, it gives me space to breathe, get things done like writing blog posts and articles and all of those kind of things. Um, and then the Tuesday, I've got my clients. And then Wednesday, again, it just gives me a chance to do all the admin bits and and write, because I do a lot of writing. Writing's a big part of my business. Um, and then, again, Thursday's when I have my clients. So that strategy's working for me. But what I found, truthfully, over the the time of going through perimenopause. I'm not in menopause yet quite, I don't think. Um, but what I found is that it changes. So that will work for a little while. And then before that, I've had another strategy that worked really well for me for a little while. And, and when it just stops working, then I think, right, okay, it's not working for me now. What do I want to do differently? Um, so, you know, sometimes I feel a bit like Gail was saying, you need to energize. So sometimes um, in the week now I have dance classes. So I do dance and some days I'm worn out. I just think, you know what? I've booked a session. I just have not got that energy. I've just got to be kind to myself, not load myself with guilt because I didn't do it. Cause that's what we all do as women, like blame ourselves. Oh, you're a terrible person because you didn't do this that, and the other. And instead I just think, you know what? Today's not the day to be doing dance. It might be Tai Chi or Qi Gung as I do. Um, so it's it's again it's giving yourself permission 
and allowing the flexibility because we don't know how we're going to feel on any one day. And yes, we might have those commitments scheduled in. What I try now to do is only have a maximum of three things in my diary where I'm interacting with other people because I know my energy can wane then. Um, so that's something that's, that's really helped. But as I say, it changes. So, you know, this might last for a few months and I think, no, that's not quite working. Right. What do I want to do to, to change it up again based on how I'm feeling? Which is very much, I think, Ruby, um, a great tactic for life in general, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's an organic process and we just need to to learn to keep rolling it, with it. Mm -hmm. Perhaps even more so when you know there's something going on internally, um, physically, that actually you don't have control of. Your body's just going to keep giving you these occasional you know little fun side things that you, you weren't anticipating that day and so then it's a it's key to factor it in interestingly enough i noticed both of you have talked about um exercise or fitness in some way shape or form and we we constantly hear about the benefits of it both mentally and physically but mm. it, you're real advocates clearly during the perimenopause and the menopause as well do you want to talk us through some of those benefits yeah for me you know i've i've, I've read quite a lot about it um from the physical side of things and whether you're a runner, a walker, swim, play tennis, dance, as Ruby does as well, you know, it's that physical exercise that moves those different chemicals around our bodies as well, doesn't it? Some are endorphins and, and others, again, can have an impact on the levels of all these other hormones that are and can play havoc in our bodies during this time. One of the interesting um, articles I was reading recently was about testosterone and so replacing it um, in your body because we all have it in our bodies even as women, but if we are doing some more uh, higher levels of sport perhaps and fitness during this phase in our lives, we can start to perhaps balance out some of those menopausal symptoms. So what I've noticed is because one of my goals this year was to ramp up my walks and I do every day more than 10,000 steps a day. Most days I'm doing between 14 and 15,000. So it's it sounds very rigorous and very regimental for me, but it is a goal. It's a very it's a mindset thing for me and I have stuck to it. And so what I thought may have helped me and has reduced some of mine is this level up of testosterone in my system because since January this year I've not had any symptoms at all in the perimenopause phase no night sweats no hot flushes nothing like that I still have times of um, I'm still experiencing anxiety at some times mm -hmm. um, and I do still get tired but I'm ramping up that with um, iron supplements etc but the other bodily symptoms have actually all but disappeared now. So I'm hoping now that, that my levels of activity have been a contributing factor. And, of course, there's a lot of research out there that you can look into. Um, but, again, it, it goes hand in hand with that hydration, you know, and the nutrition side of things. And Ruby and I both have worked out different things that work for us and different things that work against us. And it gets mentioned in our book as well where some of our the women that we interviewed, so we interviewed 10 women in the book, five who are working for themselves, running small businesses, five in the corporate world, and just getting them to touch on different um, aspects of their lives and, and different routines that they are bringing about um, to do with diet, nutrition, exercise, all of those things that are having 
um, changing influences on how they are better managing themselves going through the phase. That's great. And I think, like you say, it's having those real life case studies that does make a real difference and humanizes the whole thing. Um, doesn't mm-hmm. make you feel quite so much like, oh, gosh, this is just something that you you, re- you you see in the news or something like that. I think it's quite important as well to touch on the fact that both of you have talked about the perimenopause and the menopause. Um, and we know that the perimenopause is kind of like the running leap up to um, up to the menopause. But what actual differences are there between the two? We're both still in peri, aren't we? We're mm-hmm. still we're we're not we're clocking those months. I think at the moment, getting closer toward because menopause is actually when you haven't had a period for twelve consecutive months. So both Ruby and I, I mean, I'm happy to share this. I'm sure you are too, Ruby. We've both had occasions where we've gone for more than six months, and then all of a sudden a period has come. So you think you're on your way to that that twelve month mark, mm-hmm. and then nature interrupts and uh, and things change. So I think we can only personally say what we've experienced. Mm. Um, oh, sorry. That's okay. Power. We've still got you, Gail, don't worry. Ruby, do you want to pick up? So, yeah, I'll pick up. So I just want to add something to the exercise bit, actually. Um, so for me, the reason for exercise, I love exercise anyway, I always have, but it would be, it would have been in the past, pounding down at the gym and that kind of thing. But one of the things that's really important to me now, and it links in actually to the menopause day yesterday, is around bone health. I've got a family history of osteoporosis. So for me, it's anything that gives me that weight-bearing exercise of dance is one of the things so for me dance is really important so it means I'm strengthening my bones I'm having a laugh it's actually helping from a cognitive point of view because I have to think about what steps she's teaching all the time Mm. and uh, the classes I do are really fast paced and they're kind of like hit exercise so it's high intensity and then low intensity and all that kind of stuff so I have to be thinking all the time so it helps flex those muscles as well and and I've, I've always enjoyed dance. So I was a salsa dancer and I've always enjoyed all of these the dance activities. But there's a benefit to it in terms of bone health as well. And the, then the qigong for me is all about just being calm, really. It's my zen. If I'm feeling a bit ramped up and thinking, oh, my goodness, I've got all these emotions going on. It's just it just brings me that level of calm. Um, and emotionally, I know we haven't really talked much about emotionally. If we'll give you enough time now, Gail. Um, emotionally, I, I'm quite good at managing my emotions, but I've had a couple of times when things have been all out of kilter, and I find the exercise really helps with that. So I'll share a story from the book when um, I'd been watching a, um, a TED Talk, and I'll never remember the lady. I still can't remember, Gail. <laughs> McConey, is it? I still Dr. can't Lisa Moscone. Lisa Moscone. <laughs> there you go. So I was watching this TED talk and she was saying how, you know, Mediterranean foods are really good for you and you're, you're going through menopause. So I kind of sat with my husband and I said, oh, you know, I think I might add in some more Mediterranean foods. I eat really well. I eat a very healthy diet. And um, I said, I think I'll do that. And then he'd listened into bits of it. And he said, oh, you had salmon in there as well. I said, yeah, there's some salmon. So maybe I'll add a bit of that in as well. And uh, this, I completely forgot all about it. Uh, that could be normal or it was just not on my radar. Who knows? Could be brain fog. Who knows? And then a few days later, he phoned me from, he'd been out and about and he phoned me from a supermarket. And he said, oh, I've picked you up some, some salmon fillets. I burst into tears and I thought, <laughs> why am I crying? And I was like, 
it was just like my heart had opened and it, he was just like, I can't believe you. you're the most amazing person in the world. I can't believe you remembered. I just went into this complete meltdown. Poor guys on the other end of the phone, I, I just don't know what to do with this woman. <laughs> and he came back and he's like, what was that about? I said, honestly, don't know. I said, I feel fine. Now, but thank you for getting the salmon. <laughs> but in that moment, it was like I had this whole rush of emotion of, can he be a nicer person? You know, you just couldn't have a nicer person on the whole. <laughs> and it was just ridiculous. But I think doing the exercise and doing some of these grounding things, so, you know, they're all quite grounding things that I'm doing. They help in terms of the emotions as well. And then just allowing to process them and just going with the flow, you know. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Um, fabulous story, Ruby. I can just pick your, your poor husband as well in the supermarket. Okay, <laughs> right. Do you or don't you want the salmon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do I go home or not? Yes. Yeah, dare I go home? Well, we did have another conversation about one other time when I had a bit of an emotional thing. They said, would you like me to phone your best friend and have a chat with her? <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah, I think that's probably better because you're not quite sure what to do with me right now. Oh, I want to marry your husband right now. He's making me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> At that, that moment in time, and possibly the best I think we need to outsource it. Yeah, that's good. I'm not qualified at this conversation. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Oh, he's a keeper. Yeah, he is a keeper. <laughs> Listen, talking to you is absolutely fabulous. It really, truly is. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about your book, how people can find it or buy it? Um, because I think it is clearly so much personal stories uh, and research has gone into it. I think it'll be really useful to all women at whatever stage they are in their lives. Yes, it's it's available on um, Amazon, of course, as the primary bookseller. But then we've got uh, in Waterstones, it's on the Book Depository, Foils and Blackwells, all UK uh, bookshops. It's it's available globally as well for whoever is watching the show today. Um, it's available in paperback and you can buy a signed copy from Ruby. She will be the person to buy that from because I'm not exporting books here from Malaysia. Um, and it's also available on Kindle. So whatever your um, preferences for reading the book, but we would love to hear from people and get reviews for the book as well, because it really helps us. I mean, the reviews actually have taught us a lot over the past couple of months, haven't they, Ruby, that mm. it's been a tool for women at different levels as well. Um, it's been a game changer for people as well in terms mm. of building that awareness about what perimenopause and menopause is. And as you said, Faye, at the start of the call, what is waiting around the corner, depending on what age group you are and what next phase of your life you're going into? It's it's a real, a real chance to actually get some practical advice. It bridges the gap between the medical and the practical. Um, and for a lot of people, it's just been a really simple, even a workbook type of approach that mm -hmm. people can dip into in and out of at different times. It's not a book you just have to read from cover to cover. Um, one of our readers, she said, you know, she will just turn to a page in the book on a day and she will work through some of the practical techniques that we've put into the book and she'll find another one another day or it, might res it may resonate with something she that is happening in her life at the time. So it's a book that's got a lot of, it's, it's a long-term book. It's got a lot of lasting promise to help you at whatever stage you're going through um, and whether you're working in corporate or whether you're running a small business. 
But our book, we have found as well, is not just for women. You know, anybody can use the tips and practical techniques that we've put in there. And we encourage men to read the book as well um, mm. and for HR departments to take it into their organisations and get the conversation started. That's a really valid point you make there, Gail. In fact, you, you make it sound empowering was the word that was coming to mind as you were talking because actually it is having that knowledge and that wealth of information at your fingertips. Whether you are at a point where you feel you need it or not, it can only be a good thing to be armed and ready, can't it? And in mm-hmm. fact, very empowering. Um, and just take ownership. This, hey, this is my menopause. I'm going to own it. It's my my perimenopause um, and, and I'm going to deal with it in the way that I know best. It's called The Working Woman's Guide to the Menopause, isn't it? Um, and lots of you, you've kindly talked through all the different places you can get it. Thank you very much, both of you. Um, but Gail and Ruby, it's been wonderful speaking to the pair of you. It really, truly Thank has. You. You're a wonderful, a wonderful duo to a <laughs> um, Oh, we've got used to it over the time of bouncing. We have. You take this one, you take that one, and we just we just play tag on these calls, and it really works well for us. Oh, you're simply awesome, the pair of you. So thank you very much for joining me today on the Freelance One podcast. Um, and thank don't forget, you. if you've enjoyed it today or you'd like to come and be part of the mothership, please do check us out. You can find us at freelancemum.co.uk. We've got networks and hubs all across the country in Winchester, Southampton, Bristol and Portishead, and you will always receive a warm welcome. So please do come along and join us. We would absolutely love to see you. Until then, hope to see you very soon. Bye. Bye.